I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm supposed to be right here, not walking into the bedroom. Get in here. Just keep walking Get. St- straight past the studio. The tape ran out. Oh. Yeah. That's it recorded good... right to the end of the cassette. Oh. Or rather, four-track man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not me. No, of course it's not. A separate entity. Yes. That's part of our concept, right? There's a separate entity mm-hmm. named four-track man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who um, has commentary and makes sort of absurd comments here and there. and Pops up. Yeah. From time to time. Hi, Lou. <laughs> Hi, Mama. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah, it's Wednesday here. We're mm-hmm. rolling through a gray and drippy Wednesday. It's like drippy outside here. Yeah. Went, went from the snowstorm to rain and kind of warm. It's 45 degrees out. The rain took a lot out of the snow last night. The rain cleared the sidewalks. Mm-hmm. I like it when that happens because sometimes I'll be shoveling. I'm like, eh. Can it just rain and help me with this? Can it just rain and melt this shit? I really loved the song Blame It on the Rain by Millie Vanilli. Man. Mm -hmm. I know that they were a fake group, but I'm just saying like... I would love to talk about Millie Vanilli. (laughs) Um, That's the the guy who wrote... I loved Millie Vanilli. The guy who was the mastermind behind Millie Vanilli, Mm -hmm. who wrote the songs. Yeah. And hired the, the, the singer, singers. The actual singers. And, and then stuff. hired the performers. Mm-hmm. Boney M. What? He's the Boney M guy. It is? Yes. And Wait. hopefully Four Track Man will help me out and just blare his name over the top right now. I'm oh, going to give it a second. I, I mean, Boney M. If you guys don't know, you don't know. You got to know. You got to find Daddy's Cool. Does Daddy's Cool Boney M. Maybe we'll do a link. No, it, it's. Uh, uh, Daddy's cool. Right? Daddy cool. Daddy cool. Yeah. Daddy cool. Daddy. Boney M. Blame it on the rain. We also Bloody have vanilla. the Boney M. Christmas album, which is amazing. We do. Mm-hmm. We listened to that a lot. In 2022. We had a Boney. Could it be now? We had a Boney M. We did. It was true. We had a Boney M era. Yeah, it was great. A Boney M appreciation time. What is this? 
Who called me now? Lou, I just got your fax. It's two o'clock my time. Assuming that means it's three there. I don't know if this means that you're already on your way to the airport or what, but I'm going to try to leave a message anyway. Um, regarding uh, money for Chris, 800 is fine. Regarding money for Gus, I don't know because Gus um, is a real road hog and he is extremely expensive because of it. So I don't know if 800 is going to be enough. And I don't know what your, um, if you just want me to get him at whatever it takes or what. So if you could either call me or Joyce and tell us because we really should hire him in your absence. Um, also regarding opening bands, these are all good ideas. I assume that this means that you do not like Trans Am. Could you confirm that? And also how many bands do you want on the bill? Um, because you haven't really addressed that either. So those are the things with me. Um, if you want to answer those before you leave, that would be great. And then I won't bother you while you're in England. 312 the phone. Bye. Tell me all about this phone call that well, you've a, recorded. A little while ago, I found a tape. I had uh, I had taped all of my phone messages onto a tape, like a cassette tape. And I found the cassette Who tape. Who thinks to do that? I love that you thought to do that. Well, you know... I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an archivist. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit of like capture things to use them later. I actually would use know, good for you. phone messages I really like that. and uh, sort of collages and tape uh, show tapes that I made. Um, so I found the original tape and that's, that's a fascinating message from Tell Su- me more about Suzanne it. McCarthy. That's who, Suzanne? Okay. Suzanne McCarthy. She ran Flower Booking that booked Sebado and pretty much made Sebado mm. early on. She hooked us up with all of our record labels. She had a jacket that said, ride the darker wave on the back of it. That's one of my Ooh, songs. That's cool. Um, she was a real fan. She lived in Boston. Then she moved to Chicago mm-hmm. and she had it there and flower became a very successful booking agency. Mm-hmm. You know, and she kind of kind of started with Sebado in Boston. So was that talking to you about a Sebado tour? Yeah. Who's Chris? Who's the road dog? Or? I don't know who Chris is. <laughs> I don't know who those and Gus. I, and I, was like, I don't Gus. remember any of that. <laughs> I don't remember those names. But we were uh-huh. we had we had to choose road crews. We had to like. And she was asking about uh, opening bands, like yep. how many? I thought that was interesting too. I thought is yeah, we had like, just we one? probably had two. No, we had two opening bands. Generally, we we oh, okay. loved got this band Godhead Silo from North Dakota, and we really loved Harry Pussy. From Florida, I didn't mean to say that. It's just I. It's just I. That's the name. Thought of, the band. of opening bands, and I'm like, oh yes, Harry Pussy opened for us from Florida, from Miami. Were they women? There was one woman in the band. Mm-hmm. She she played drums. Did you ever see her pussy? <laughs> no. Okay. No, I did not. No confirmation then on the Harry, but got it. Um. Okay. Just I. <laughs> I did can't. I scramble you? You did, because I want to. There's things I want to say okay, about. Okay, go back. About pussy. Oh. No. <laughs> Hello there. This is Fred from Flower Booking. How are you? We're just calling to see if you're home. Um, our number is 312 348 Who's that? That was Fred. Uh, talk Who's to you Fred? Later. Bye. Fred. Oh, stop. Yeah, Fred. Stop. Fred worked for, for Flower Booking in Chicago. Do you know who we're talking about, everyone? We, you should play that again. I swear. Okay. Well, Fred, Fred Armisen. That's Fred Armisen, everyone. Yeah. yeah. That's he. He was the assistant. Who could it be? <laughs> Hello there. This is Fred from Flower Booking. 
Yeah. You you See? like read my mind to yeah. put it in there again. That's great. Yeah. Brush with that stardom. Little... I know. Pre-stardom, Fred. Wow. Way pre-stardom, Fred yeah. Armisen was. He was the uh, Suzanne's assistant. That's amazing. He called me, and he was very funny, of course. And then he was a great drummer. Mm-hmm. Is a great drummer. Is a great drummer, and he played with this band, uh, Those Bastard Souls, that opened for Sebado. Wow. And that's when we got to know him, and he. Hmm. Yeah. Cracked us up. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that you kept these things. I. It's funny because I. I kind of got rid of a bunch of stuff actually with that idea of like, oh, for when I write my memoirs, I used to like collect like um, movie theater stubs, you know, mm. and concert tickets and, and napkins from restaurants and coffee shops and things like that or matchbooks to kind of like someday have the things that would jog my memory to tell the stories from my past, right? Mm. And uh, with this idea that I would write a memoir in my life. Because, dear dear friends, I when I was a little girl, my very first thing I wanted to be was a writer. I, I was obsessed with this idea. I was like, I'm a writer. And I, I had this identity, I guess, until I was maybe 19, 20. What triggered that? Did you like reading books? You had... I guess so. Yeah. I, did. I just loved stories. I loved making up stories. And I spent so much time kind of playing alone and making up little stories when I was little because I have two older brothers. And mm. I, uh, I just really was into twins and triplets, this idea of twins and triplets. I didn't have any sisters. And so I always wanted one. And I just so I kind of made up one in these stories. And Hmm. I don't know, I just really liked the idea of being a writer. And I did I loved reading when I was little. And so um, I don't know. I just really wanted so to be a writer. You, you so, wanted to be a writer of a series of books based mm-hmm. based upon twins and triplets. Yes. And I did write a lot of like little short stories about twins and triplets. Do you remember the triplets name? No, because there was multiple stories. I did tons of them. But and that all was all about different sets of triplets. Yes. Yes. Oh, and each time I would do a new like mini short story about a, a set of triplets, for example, it would take me forever because I was obsessed with naming them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. That's why I asked, because I think naming them would be... It was my favorite part, and one of my favorite things to do was to go to the public library in St. Paul when my mom would take me, and I would get out the baby name book. (laughs) And I would just spend hours pouring through the baby name book to find my favorite names. (laughs) Well, that's just, that's just gosh darn cute. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. So anyway, I I had this idea when I was very, very young that I, when I was an old woman, that I would write my memoirs. Adele Adele Atkinson's memoirs, you you may know her from the Triplet Trilogy, (laughs) a very, very popular series of books from the 1980s. (laughs) She was only... 12 years old when she wrote the series. One of the best-selling, youngest authors of all time, Adele Atkinson, Mm. now has written her memoir. Mm. I'm not going to write a memoir, so I made that decision. Are the tickets in the trash? Mm -hmm. A lot of them are. A lot Mm. of them are. I kind of had like a a purging. We've talked about that in another pod, the Dear Diary. Um, Could it be (laughs) 
I'm just yammering on today. <laughs> like I'm on speed or something. Oh wait, I am. You are. I'm on prednisone, everyone. Steroids. Who called me now? was Billy Ruane. Who's that? Uh, he died a few years ago, but he was this fixture on the Boston music scene. And he <clears> wore a long trench coat, and he was always sort of really disheveled, but seemed very aristocratic mm. and sometimes a little drunk. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he booked all of these shows, mm. and he was amazing. In and he, Boston? In Boston. He'd call you up, and he put, he brought me to Boston for the first time. After I was kicked out of Dinosaur Jr., which was kind of a big deal. Buffalo Tom brought Sebado to Boston for the first time. Your first Boston show for Sebado was opening for Buffalo Tom. So I don't know if Billy did that show, but it was pretty much Buffalo Tom. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hmm. Um, he brought me when he was always, he would always, he would always call me and give me shows like really cool. He, when hmm. I left Boston, he put together a goodbye show for me hmm. and told me to bring anybody I wanted. And I got like Elliot Smith and this really great hardcore band called Fat Day from Boston. He kind of put it all together. Um, and he was very, really unique. Anybody who is was in the scene at the time knows who I'm talking about. They're making a movie about him. Wow. Which I need to sign a release for because I did do a little bit. I spoke a bit about him mm. for the movie or the book or what. For something related to <laughs> for it. For something related to Billy mm. Ruane. But the other thing was that he had this this like obsession with giving people mixtapes. Mm. or just tapes of, of like of like uh like obscure avant-garde classical music or like he it, it could be anything jazz like he was just obsessed with like spreading music and spent time just making these compilation tapes and he was very serious about delivering the tapes as you can hear in the message he's like Lou just so you know I mean him and you'd be like wow I know it made it sound like um <laughs> Yeah, like delivering the goods, kind yeah, of, would, you know? These, just, it, they were, it was just music. And the thing mm. is, he would tell you when you'd see him, he'd be like, oh, I'm going to be, a, I, I have a tape, in my, I have a tape, tapes in mind for you and I have to deliver them. And he would tell you that. And then you'd, you'd kind of forget that he told you or you'd be like, hey, that's cool. You don't have to give me, it's, it's okay, Bill. It's not, you know, but then I would get a serious phone call like that. Like, look, uh, I just saw Bob at the SNS. I don't know what he's referring to. Perhaps a diner. Hmm. Is he talking about Bob Fay? Bob Fay, mm-hmm. uh, who was part of the Boston. That's where I met Bob and mm-hmm. um, where we hung out and where he became the drummer for Sebado. But Billy was just serious about these tapes. I'm having kind of an emotional reaction to the story because um, 
when you're describing this, his wanting to like spread the music and he said like, Oh, I'm thinking of you. And I've got this tape. I want to give you, I, my whole, the first word that just came to my mind was how generous. Wow. Like what a generous thing to do to like be thinking of others and then be thinking of them enough to like, um, attach even music to them. Like, I think you would like this. Like, I love that. I just think that's so generous for how, um, how many, how he knew everyone and how sort of ubiquitous he was. He was incredibly personal. It was personal and genuine. Right, that sounds it really personal. very genuine. Billy was mm. like, really? Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm it's sweet that you're, you were so affected by that. It was, now that I think about it, it oh, is. Oh, what a gift. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. was evan <laughs> evan dando everyone evan once Dan- i heard martha's vineyard i kind of yeah put it together yeah wow. he was a he was someone who called people as he hears this episode like randomly all the time he, he <laughs> happened i think he, he's from boston and he grew up in the neighborhood that I, li- I was living in at that time i was living on beacon street not beacon hill beacon hill is like the most mm-hmm. you know blue wealth, blood right? wealth is, yeah. it's a Cheers is at the foot of Beacon Hill. Mm-hmm. Cheers, the bar. Yep. The TV show. Um, so, yeah, so Evan, show. but I really like how he says in that message, like, he'd be really pleased if I didn't pick up. Yeah, I like, it's like that, like, he too. almost got halfway through the thing, and I was like, <laughs> like, do we really want to hang <laughs> Do I really want to hang out with Lou Barlow right now? Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, but yeah. he, yeah, you know, he, he would call me from parties at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, Oh my gosh. And ask me some questions about Dinosaur Jr. And, uh, mm. but anyway, that was, that was, that's an Evan Dando phone message. What year is that, you think? Oh, that would be 94, 95. Mm. Yep. I was really enjoying the Lemonheads around that time, 94, 95. I saw them at First Avenue with Juliana, and it was amazing. I unabashedly adore. It was really one of my faves. I, I loved that I concert. Love, I'm glad I got to see the Lemonheads yeah. when Evan was in like, you know, kind of juicy prime youth. Mm, yeah. Beautiful and confident. Ugh. Incredibly intelligent and like that play voice, any song. Those pop songs. Come on. What song? I mean, mm. you know, it's a shame about Ray. Come on, feel the Lemonheads are... Really, I know. Stuffed full of like memorable songs that yeah. he sort of effortlessly. Talk about hooks. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And catchy we... as fuck. You know, 
really those we listened to i can't remember do we listen to which one we listened to it's a shame about ray maybe on one drive to boston in the last couple years and we were just like i was like oh god it's still good (laughs) yeah we were like oh shit this is exact this is still just as good if not okay so this doesn't sound a ship without a rudder is like a ship without a rudder is like a ship without a rudder it's like a ship without a rudder i was like oh my god Uh, still fucking brilliant yeah such a pretty pretty voice too yep pretty man pretty voice Oh, here's a fun fact. Tell me. John Davis's father Mm -hmm. was Evan Dando's favorite teacher. Teacher. Yes. Um, Yes, in Boston. That's right. John Davis's father taught at the Commonwealth School, I believe is the name of it. Yeah, Yeah, Harvard area? No, no, no. It was was right down near Beacon Street. Oh, right near Beacon. Right near the Public Garden, right near Beacon Hill. Okay. Right near where Evan was was calling me. I think he actually might have grown up on... There's a series of streets. They're parallel streets. Mm. Newberry, Mm -hmm. Beacon. It's the cross streets to Beacon and Newberry that are alphabetized. Arlington, Berkeley, Clarendon, Dartmouth, Exeter, Fairfield, Gloucester, and Hereford. Arlington. This is actually making me think of Holly, his sister, because I haven't heard about her in a while or seen her post on Facebook. I'm like, where did she go? Maybe she dropped off Holly. Maybe maybe Facebook, maybe she just wasn't into it anymore. Yeah, she's like, I'm done with you. It happens. Fair enough. It happens. Fair enough. You got to take, you got to, you got to go easy on that stuff. You can burn out. You can burn out. Yeah. I got it. So she might have burned out. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, you know, she's nice to see at shows and stuff too. Yeah. (sighs) Taking a little swig of your liquid death there. Mm, liquid mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. Liquid death. The most ironic water in the world. Are you ever going to write your memoirs? Do you think? I don't have time for Do you have any interest shit. in that? I don't. Yeah, I don't either anymore. I don't I know. don't. It yeah. seems like it would take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like I have a lot more work to do. Mm. before that would even be viable, mm-hmm. you know, before that many people would care. Your story is still evolving. My story is not over. You're not even, I mean, come on. Wow. You're just beginning, baby. And it also, this is the other thing. Mm. For me to compose a coherent sentence, or let's say three coherent sentences, takes me on average an hour an hour yeah yeah i mean and 45 hour 45 yeah. minutes hours yeah. of exaggerating a little bit 45 minutes is more like three coherent sentences mm-hmm. about anything true it's like my instagram posts yeah like you you know when i'm lou like, does yes, them those are his yesterday you said you were very thoughtful yesterday you were like okay i'm not going to talk to you mm-hmm. while you're making an instagram post because mm-hmm. i it takes me so long. long and you and it's like you and i never know if you understand how truly long it takes me Actually, I, I what, yeah, I think I had a light bulb yesterday about it. And I I appreciate you sort of stepping back a little bit and giving me time to finish my my Instagram post. <laughs> You're welcome. I feel like I get so giddy and excited in your company that I just want to yep 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 to you all the time. 
and um, probably because I like to get as much loo in as I can when you're home. And maybe other people have this too with partners who travel all the time when they're home. You're kind of like a little puppy around them. Like, (laughs) I just want to talk to you, hang out with you all the time. But so I, while you were working on your Instagram post, we were, I think, sitting in bed together and I was sort of sitting next to you watching you do it. And I was realizing that I was talking to you, like interrupting you. And I could see like your finger kind of like pausing in the air, like, oh God, I'm trying to complete a thought. And then I, I was like, okay, this is going to be an unofficial, not a New Year's resolution. This is just going to be more of a life goal. I'm going to try to, um, when I know you're working on like a post or you're writing, I'm going to just keep my mouth shut and let you do hey, your thing. you don't have to go that far. Well, I don't want to interrupt your mouth you. Shut. I just mean I don't want to interrupt you. You can just say, may I interrupt you? Oh, but that that's also an interrupting. It's no. that That is interrupting. No, 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 that's not an interruption. Okay, well, maybe I'll do that next time. I'll just say... Can you talk? You know, you could put are your you free hand, to talk? Put your hand gently on my or shoulder. It'd actually be more, are you free to listen? Because mm. usually I'm talking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I talk at you plenty. I just meant... Let's not like, let's not cartoonize this. We we have a very... A we mutu- do talk at each other. A mutually indulgent... We talk with each other. We do, and we talk at each other at times, and I... True. And you know, it's important. That's right. You have to be a soundboard for the other. Loving one another. Did we just talk over the ending of this episode? Why do I even bother with these ending parts anymore, says 4-Track Man. Well, he tried. He tried. All right, let's bid adieu. Bye-bye. 